Welcome everybody to the VP Podcast. My name is Tanner Coppernall, the founder and the vessel of the VP Podcast and the Vision Project. I'm excited for this opportunity that we have today to discuss leadership. And the reason why I want to do this, I want to kick off a series right here and now when we're discussing healthy leadership attributes. And so we're going to be going over this series. It's going to be kind of quick and short, hopefully like the preaching one, to where you're able to gain some insight, gain some understanding, kind of grasp onto these different concepts and see how you yourself can apply it to your own life and your own ways of leadership. So if you yourself are a leader, whether it's being a husband, whether it's being a wife, whether it's being a youth counselor at church, whether it's being a pastor, whatnot, uh, whatever it may be, you're a leader some way, somehow, and I want to teach you some healthy, healthy attributes and how we can accomplish that here today for the glory of God. Let's hit that intro. Here we go. Welcome to The Vision Project, a place where we strive to give hope and understanding of who Jesus is. We hope today's episode guides you to a better understanding of who He is and how much He loves and cares for you. Have a wonderful day. Here is something that I see in the modern church that I think is an issue. I think we have a lot of great tools from a toolbox, but they're working on the wrong project. I'll repeat that again. We have a lot of tools from the toolbox, but they're not working on the right project. I honestly think that this is the image of the church and all of these people that are in ministry, but they're in the wrong ministry. You might be thinking, Tanner, what are you trying to say? Because there's no such thing as a wrong ministry. Really? There's no such thing as a wrong ministry? You sure about that? Because if that were the case, then Paul would have stayed at one church. Paul would have stayed at one location where it was convenient and he wouldn't have gotten beat up or beheaded. If Paul would have settled for comfort, he probably would have just stayed at one church. Okay, I don't know what specific church that might have been. There's plenty that he could have chosen from, but he could have chosen the most convenient one where he would have been safe. And so... I want to discuss five different key healthy attributes for a leader and how you can find value in leadership rather than just going through the motions in leadership because I think, honestly, that's what we find. Now, touching back on that toolbox example, we have a lot of people that are willing to work and operate in the church. It's super great. It's awesome. We have many people that are wanting to go out and do the ministry of God and they're in these churches and they they love their community and they're growing themselves and everything, but they've gotten to a place where they have such a rhythm that they've gotten comfortable. Now, I'm not saying that being comfortable in a ministry is a bad thing. It's actually a great thing. You know, you probably should adapt in some way or some form to be comfortable in your ministry. But what I'm not saying is that you need to rely on comfort in order for it to be your ministry. A lot of the times, God gets you out of your comfort zone 
in order for you to build strength and endurance in your ministry. So there's definitely two sides when it comes to comfort, but I think we have too many people that are operating in a, in the same place all the time rather than getting out of their comfort zone and moving to another place. Uh, for example, if there was somebody who was working at a megachurch, at a huge church, and they were getting paid all this money, and the people that they were working with were great and everything, that's a great situation, right? And that's super awesome. But we need to know if we are called. Say that person was called to a small church out of state across the country. Should that person go? Absolutely. Because the problem is, The person's called. They are called, which should lead to a commitment. What we see a lot of the time is people settle in their convenience instead of their calling. And so we have a lot of these people. They're great tools, and they can be used for mighty, mighty works. And yet they settle for the base. They settle for just bare minimum, even though it feels great and they're enduring, and they're steadfast, and they've got a rhythm and a consistency. God calls you to a ministry, and when he calls you into a ministry, you go. That's just exactly what it is. And so when we neglect calling for convenience and comfort, we miss out on the greater picture of following the will of God. And so what we're discussing today is the idea of calling and commitment as a leader. And I want to read this really quick. You need to pray and ask yourself if God has truly called you into the ministry that you are a part of, or if God has called you to a ministry that you need to be a part of. If so, then your motivation and drive naturally needs to follow into the lifestyle of commitment and calling. So we have all these great tools. We have so many people that could absolutely do wonderful works in different churches, but they stay in one place at one time all the time. Here's the issue. If you don't know your calling, you aren't committed. And if you aren't committed, you're not in a calling. And so we have so many people who are at the neutral zone, They're in this place of just bare minimum at the lowest place that they could possibly be. They're at square one and they stay comfortable in square one and they don't desire to move forward. So let's make this practical because you're probably thinking, okay, this sounds all too complicated. Okay, so for you and I, when God calls us into a place, if the space feels uncomfortable, it's where we're supposed to be. Despite the fact that in the moment, When I'm looking at it face-to-face, it looks so hard. And you know what? It is. It is hard. It's hard for you to get out of pride and get into humility. Because usually we want to put on the shoes of pride and walk our own path rather than putting on the shoes of humility and walking the path of humility, which is so much more difficult. Because we allow ourselves to be smaller than what we really perceive ourselves as. And so staring it in the face, 
when I'm looking at my calling, when I hear the voice of God or I feel the inkling of the Spirit really just pulling me towards a direction, you need to go. And so for a healthy leader, a healthy leader practices humility to commit to a calling. Because if we have a person that is just going through the motions in your ministry, like if you're a leader and you're, you know, with other leaders and you see somebody that's kind of just going through the motions, you need to hold them to a standard. You need to hold them to a a standard that says, okay, I see what you're doing here. It's awesome that you're here. We love that you're here. You could be used as a great tool, but I don't see your commitment. So as a leader, you know that you're called. You 100% know that you are supposed to be in that place. And you are 100% committed. And when you have those two things together, they mesh so beautifully. And this is when we get servant-hearted people that are just so passionate for the ministry that they're in. This is why we, we see so many people being transformed and renewed and people that are motivated in the ministry. It's encouraging. It's encouraging when you have leaders that are working this way and in this trajectory because usually when it's the opposite, the ministry crumbles and divides and falls apart. When we have uncommitted, uncalled people, the ministry falls apart. And so that's why this is so important for us to look at, am I called? Pray about it. Am I called? Am I truly committed to this ministry? And if I am called and I'm not committed, I need to commit. It's absolutely a necessity because if I know that God has called me into a ministry, I absolutely need to be committed to what he has called me to. Now, if I am not called in this ministry, I need to take a step back and say, you know what? Hey, I don't necessarily feel like this is where I'm supposed to be right now. I feel like God is calling me elsewhere. And we as the church cannot discourage, shame, or judge that person for feeling that way. Because oftentimes, I think we let our disappointment or discouragement or sadness because of how much we love that person get in the way of our appreciation of what God is doing in that person's life. Look at Paul. Again, if, if someone were sad for the fact that Paul was leaving and forced Paul to stay, Paul would have accomplished, I mean, I don't know how they would force Paul to do anything, but... <laughs> I think if you look at it in the grand scheme, Paul wouldn't have accomplished as much if he would have stayed in one place. And if he wouldn't have endured all the different things that he went through, he wouldn't have accomplished as much. And that's just a fact. And so I think for us as a church, when we hear that and we receive that from somebody, especially if you're the main leader or if you're, you know, kind of, you know, higher up in the status, I guess you could say, in leadership and someone comes up to you and that might be lower in a sense and say, you know, I really feel like God is, you know, leading me elsewhere. I really don't feel like I'm supposed to be called here. You have to respect that because what you don't want is to force somebody in a ministry where they're not supposed to be. Because if you're, if you're pulling them in a place where they're not supposed to be called, then you just have somebody who's a distraction more than they are a help. And so, you want to make sure that all your people, all your leaders, all your, your people that are a part of the ministry, that they are committed and called because those two things together work beautifully. 
And I'll put it this way. Here's another example. Uh, you know what? I'll actually run with the toolbox thing again. We have too many screwdrivers trying to do the work of a hammer. Or, in another sense, we have too many basketball players trying to do the work of a soccer player. Um, those are two completely different functions. <laughs> the way those two sports operate or the way those two tools operate are completely different. With soccer, you're using your feet. With hammers, you're you know puncturing something into another thing for it to hold up. With the screwdriver, you can't really do that uh, very functionally. If you can, I, I'd be impressed. Of course, those things can grow into those things. Maybe not a screwdriver into a hammer, but maybe the other analogy works better. Um, but that would just take a process. And if they're not called into that place, then they're lost and they're not supposed to be in that place. So anyways, maybe I just went on a rabbit trail, but I hope that helps. And uh, honestly, if you do look at it in the perspective of a basketball player in a soccer player's shoes, um, it's uncomfortable because they're used to using their hands. They're used to operating a different way. They, the whole IQ of the game is different. And so when you have people in a place where they're not called, uh, it's not to say that people can't be new to something, but people that were gifted in a certain way to operate in a certain way shouldn't be forced to do something that they're not necessarily gifted in. So that's also for the leaders to look at, and that's also for the 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 players themselves, the players of the game, for them to realize, oh, this is not what I'm gifted at. This is not necessarily uh, what God has um, given me the abilities to accomplish. So that takes a lot of humility on both sides to take a step back, look at it in perspective and say, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to be a part of this or take a step step back as, you know, more of a, a head leader and say, I don't think this is where they're strongest at and I want them to succeed. So I want to put them in a place where they can work and operate better. So overall, when we look at the grand scheme of leadership and a healthy attribute, I think one of the first ones, and honestly in order, is recognizing that you are called and that you need to commit or that you are uncalled and need to decommit. Uh, it really takes a lot of reflection and humility and allows you to set yourself up for success spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, all the above. I really do believe that if you recognize this right now, if you take a step back right here, right now, if you if you ask God, God, I, I really want to know, is this the place where you have me? And this means in all areas, every single area that you are supposed to be in, you ask God, okay, where am I supposed to go now if I'm not supposed to be here? Or if I'm supposed to be here, how do I get there? Guide me by your power. Place me in the right place where I am supposed to be. If you look at the story of Jonah, Jonah was called to Nineveh, literally was called to go to Nineveh. And what did he do? He went the complete opposite direction. Well, what did that do? It affected Jonah. It affected Jonah negatively. It caused his life to be actually worse than what it would have been. If he would have simply just gone and obeyed God, there would have been immediate transformation in Nineveh, and he wouldn't have had to worry about all the difficulties that he had when he turned around and went to Tarshish. You see what I'm saying? Like when we place ourselves in a position where we're not supposed to be going, 
We put ourselves on the path of comfort rather than calling. Your life, even of itself, and I'm not, I'm not speaking a prosperity gospel here. I'm just saying when we obey God, our life is better. Not necessarily easier. Because if you look at the grand scheme of things in Jonah, that was really hard for Jonah. It, it, it took immense amount of humility to recognize God wanted to transform the enemy. God wanted to renew the minds of the enemy. That takes a lot of humility in the other side of where Jonah was at. If you put yourself in Jonah's shoes, we probably would have done the same exact thing because we ourselves don't feel like in our own human minds that people deserve that. But in reality, we don't deserve life in itself. We don't deserve anything. And so the fact that God has allowed us to be a part of something that's greater than us is a huge blessing. And so I'm not saying that your life is just going to be better. God just wants you to be <laughs> God just wants you to be happy and rich. No, I'm that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God wants your life to absolutely be the best possible life for his glory, not for your own. And so when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, it may take a lot of pruning and a lot of peeling off some of the rust. But in the end, you see progression, you see strengthening in your spiritual walk, not necessarily the physical, tangible things like you're going to gain money. No, you may not gain money at all. You actually could go broke and poor. Who knows what God will do through your life and through your ministry, but it's all for him. It's for the kingdom. It's for the glory of God. So overall, the reason why I'm doing this series, and I didn't really explain this at the beginning, is because I think we really have a broken system when it comes to leaders within the church. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we're in this terrible, awful place, but we do see a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of holes to fill. And I think there's a lot of areas where we can strengthen and grow. And I think that these five attributes that I will be covering in the next four episodes are very important for us to recognize. And I think the reason why we end up having these holes to fill is because of the lack of these attributes. And so I could be missing some things. Let me know what I'm missing. And I would totally make a podcast on it. I'll talk about it. I'll correct myself on something. Let me know what I can do. But if you've made it this far, I want to thank you so much for listening and tuning in. We just want to thank you for all the support that you have blessed the Vision Project with. I've gotten lots of feedback on podcasts, and it's been so so awesome. And again, I apologize for not being able to do this more consistently, but life's been crazy. If you haven't uh, heard an update, um, go back and listen to my last episode where I kind of discussed why I haven't been able to do the things that I desire to do with the Vision Project, but I want to do it in a, t- in a timely way and with the the best effort that I can give for this ministry. So overall, thank you for listening Please stay and stay with us and stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. They're going to be short like this one. Stay tuned to the series. It's going to be awesome. It's going to grow you and I um, both as leaders. And I hope the church as well as we uh, keep on building leaders to make leaders to make leaders as we disciple one another. I love you guys. I hope you have a blessed day. Share this, like this, follow this. Do whatever you can to support the Vision Project. But I will see you in the next episode.